episode 111 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on April 26th, 2021. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. Hey everyone, just like the Sith Emperor, I'm back, although I'm pretty sure he's gone for good now. Right around this time of year, we start thinking about the summer of SWOTOR, but this being the 10th anniversary of the Old Republic, Bioware is going bigger. It's not just the summer of SWOTOR, it's the season of SWOTOR. That's right, Galactic Seasons, a new story, a new flashpoint, here we go again, it's Game Update 6.3. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed. And cue the moron. Welcome to episode 111 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. Well, well, well... Here I am, my winter sojourn to the Caribbean is over, and I'm once again behind the microphone here in the State of the Old Republic studios. Although I'm bummed that I couldn't podcast while I was gone, I'm even more bummed that I didn't podcast as soon as I got back, but I am happy to be here now. But enough of that, it's been a pretty quiet year for Star Wars The Old Republic, but that's all about to change with Game Update 6.3. So there are three big things coming in Game Update 6.3. There's the continuation of the Onslaught story, which I'll get into in a bit. There's the start of PvP Season 14. And then there's the start of Galactic Season 1, The Stranger from Kubindi. So what exactly is a Galactic Season? Well, if you're familiar with games that have a battle pass, it's pretty much that. If you're like me and have no idea what a battle pass is, Then take one part subscriber rewards, one part logon rewards, combine it with the conquest and ranked PvP seasons, and you get Galactic Seasons. It's another system where you can earn points and rewards by doing a lot of the same things that you already do. And that's kind of the good news and the bad news. Good news is you'll get cool things like companions, mounts, decorations, and more. The bad news is you'll do it by running the same flashpoints, operations, war zones, and heroic missions that you do for Conquest. Let's get into some of the details here. First, like PvP seasons, a galactic season will run for many months, approximately five for this first season. Like Legacy and Galactic Renown, it is a level-based system. There are 100 levels in all, and you will need to earn points to progress through each level. Each level requires the same amount of points meaning it takes the same amount of points to get from level 1 to level 2 as it does to get from level 99 to 100. As you hit various levels, you will earn seasonal rewards. I'll get into the rewards in a minute, but you should be aware that there are two reward tracks, one for free-to-play and preferred players and one for subscribers. Subscribers will earn rewards from both tracks. 
Now, each level requires a total of eight galactic season points, which means you'll need to earn 800 points to complete the season. So how do you earn these points? There are three ways you can do this. First is just by logging into the game. If you log into the game any four days of the week, you will earn galactic season points. Four points if you're free to play and preferred, and eight points if you're a subscriber. There are daily priority objectives that you can complete. Free to play players earn two points for these and subscribers earn three. And then there are weekly objectives. Free to play folks will earn eight points for these and subscribers will earn 12. Now, obviously the system is designed so that free to play players can reach level 100 in a season, but as you probably figured out, they're gonna have to push the pedal to the metal. They won't have as much opportunity for downtime as the subscribers will. That said, there will be a catch-up mechanism where you can purchase levels with cartel coins or credits. No, it won't be cheap, but it will be an option. Now, as I mentioned, the primary way in which you will earn season points is by completing daily and weekly objectives. Much like Conquest, these objectives will change each week and have an underlying theme to them. For example, week one will likely focus on the core worlds and have you doing things like killing enemies on Alderaan, Balmora, Corellia, Mekshan, Onderon, uh, defeating insectoids on Balmora and Alderaan, doing heroic missions on Alderaan, Balmora, and Corellia, completing an unraked Warzone match, and so on. Now, weekly objectives will include things like completing three core world veteran mode flashpoints, such as Assault on Tython, Co-op Drive Yards, the Depths of Manan, or the Red Reaper, or you can complete any core world story mode operation like the Nature of Progress or Scum and Villainy. Again, these will be targeted and change from week to week. And yes, there are objectives for unranked war zones and Galactic Starfighter. Okay, so you log on, do your dailies and weeklies, you earn points, levels, and rewards. So let's talk about this giant carrot on a stick that we're chasing. Galactic Season 1 is titled The Stranger from Kubindi, and that's because the big prize is a Kubaz companion named Altur Zok Adan. And wait for it, you'll get him when you hit level 1. As you progress through the season, you'll earn additional rewards including an armor set, a legacy title, stronghold decorations, cartel market weapons, armor, and mount packs. You'll earn premium companion gifts only usable on Altur, which will get him up to influence rank 18. And you'll also earn a new type of currency called Galactic Season Tokens. This is all from the free to play reward track. So if you're a subscriber, you will earn all of that. Plus, you'll also earn rewards like Altur's ornate weapon set, his ornate armor set, a vehicle mount, a creature mount, and companion customizations for Altur. You'll earn additional premium gifts, which will allow you to get his influence rank to 50 by season's end, and you'll earn more titles and decorations. You will also earn 4,000 cartel coins over the course of the season, and you will earn even more galactic season tokens. Let's talk about these tokens. If you're not a subscriber, you will earn a total of five, whereas subscribers will earn a total of 15. Now on the fleets, you will find two Galactic Season vendors. Jalit Nal will have a rotating inventory of classic and promotional rewards, along with a few new items. 
Some of the things you'll find on this vendor are companions such as Nico Okar, Shea Vizsla, Paxton Rawl, and Master Ranos. She'll also sell some of the mounts like the Umbarin Patrol Tauntaun, the HK-55 Jetpack, and the Rapid Recon Walker. And she'll also have a lot of the promotional mini pets and stronghold decorations like the Makeb Gazebo. Alongside these old rewards, she will have two new strongholds, the Viking Space Dock Stronghold and the Carrick Station Stronghold. These are small to medium-sized apartments that are located on the fleets, and it should be noted that the stronghold cap has been raised from 15 to 20 starting with this game update. Now let's talk prices here. As I mentioned, free-to-play players will only earn five season tokens, and here are some of the costs for these items. The strongholds are eight tokens each, meaning you have to be a subscriber to get one, and even then, you'll only be able to get one this first season. And those companions I mentioned, they cost five tokens each, except for Master Ranos, who costs six. And did I mention there was a second vendor? Kiat Thavo will stand alongside Jalit Nal and try and tempt you out of your precious tokens. Now, Kiat Thavo's inventory is a sampling of the rewards that you can earn from the subscriber track. It's meant for free-to-play players to pick up a few items from there, and it allows subscribers who may not have completed the season an opportunity to pick up rewards that they may have missed that they want. Now, it should be noted that this vendor will not be available to subscribers until the season ends, and this is to prevent you from spending your tokens the wrong way. The prices on this vendor are quite reasonable with many items only costing a single token. And there you have it. That's Galactic Seasons. You log on, you earn points, and you earn rewards. I'm not going to lie as much as I hate systems that rely on recycling content. I am looking forward to Galactic Seasons. I'm definitely a carrot on a stick guy when it comes to MMOs. I like chasing after rewards. And I've had a hard time finding reasons to want to log on and play the game. Once I completed the story in 6.2, I was done for a bit. And while there is story to chase down in 6.3, Galactic Seasons will keep me logging on in most days and hopefully podcasting most weeks again. And that's kind of the point of this system, and I think it'll be effective. Season 1 starts today. Update 6.3 is titled The Dark Descent, and it will have us descending into a new flashpoint called Secrets of the Enclave. Spoiler alert, I'm going to talk about what we know about this flashpoint, nothing that Bioware hasn't officially announced already. So with that, here's what we know. Now that the business with Kira and Scourge is all wrapped up, it's time for the Republican Empire to resume their hunt for Darth Malgus and resume it we will, tracking him down to the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine. As I said, the story will be told via a flashpoint with an underlying mission leading us there. Members of the Empire will once again get to work with Darth Rivix and Darth Krovos, while members of the Republic will team up with Arn Peralin and Jedi Aaron Lanier. 
Now, if that name is familiar to you, it's because she's a character in the Old Republic novel, Deceived, which details the Empire's assault on Coruscant and the sacking of the Jedi Temple. In short, she and Malgus have some history. If you go to the official SWOTOR site, there is a short story involving Arn Lanier, and I encourage you to check it out. Also on SWOTOR.com is an interview with world designer Allison Berryman, who talked about what went into creating the Enclave on Dantooine. She said, Like I mentioned above, we wanted to go to the Enclave just as much as our fans have, and now is just the right time. I think one of the most important elements of the Flashpoint is its environment, and I'm pretty sure everyone will agree with me that art knocked it way out of the park. We've got a great variety in environments. You start outside in the rolling Dantooine Hills, where you'll notice some really nice visual effects touches like butterflies. Transition into the crystal-studded cave, and then through the lower and upper enclave itself. It lent itself really well to a diverse cast of bosses and enemies to different gameplay patterns. I like that we'll have to work our way to the temple rather than show up at the front door and, and enter. I'm also excited to see Darth Rivix again. The big question that everyone wants to know is whether or not he's a Zeltron, and I'm hoping we'll get an answer to that in this update. Now, Bioware interviewed Gideon Emery, the voice actor behind Darth Rivix, and I don't know if Darth Rivix is a Zeltron, but Gideon Emery just might be. I can't say for sure, but I just might have a man crush on him. Seriously, I just want to hire him to read stuff to me. News articles, emails, tweets, cooking recipes. Nothing is too mundane for his dulcet tones. Can't wait to work with Rivix again. So there you have it. Malgus, Rivix, the Jedi Enclave on Dantooine. What is not to like here? Let's hope it's not too short. I mean, the Flashpoint can be short, but I want more than an hour of story. Oh well. Once more, unto the breach. last few episodes of the podcast, then you know that I am dead set on completing this story project that I started, oh, I don't know, probably a couple of years back. Anyway, with that in mind, it is now time to grab our sunscreen, fire up the Wayback Machine, and head to the most iconic planet in all of the Star Wars universe, Tatooine. Well, it's now time to continue my story project. What I'm attempting to do is play all eight classes and move them through their class, companion, and planetary stories all at once. The goal is to find a playthrough that works chronologically. I am not going for canon. I've gotten through all of the starter planets and the two capital worlds, Dromenkos and Coruscant. The Empire has also moved close to reclaiming Balmora, and the Republic is making good progress in their reconstruction efforts on Terrace. And everyone has now visited the seedy underworld of Nar Shaddaa. Before I begin, I want to warn you that I'm going to get into some spoilers and plot points and play some clips. So if you haven't done all of the class stories or other stories that are part of the 1 to 50 experience, this is your cue to exit. For the rest of you, I want to start with a brief recap of the story. 
Just as a reminder, I'm going to refer to the characters as he or she based on the gender I chose for my characters. Just makes it easier to talk about them. There is absolutely nothing about the story that suggests you must choose a specific gender for a class, although there are certain story moments that you can only experience as male or female, some of them quite good. Here is the story thus far for the Republic. The Jedi Knight is working for General Varsuthra to track down super weapons that were created by the Republic but have now fallen into the hands of Darth Ongrel, an important figure in the Sith Empire. The Jedi Consular is tracking down Jedi Masters suffering from an ancient Sith plague that's been inflicted on them by the mysterious Sith Lord Vivicar. Only the Consular can save these Masters with her shielding technique. The Smuggler is on a hunt to find the lost treasure of Nokdrayan. He's not the only one after these riches. A rogue named Skavik is also searching for the treasure and for a little payback that he owes the smuggler. And finally, the Republic Trooper is on a mission to find the old members of Havoc Squad who have defected to the Empire. Along the way, he is recruiting new members for Havoc Squad. For the Empire, the Sith Warrior, who is the apprentice of Darth Barriss, is trying to find the Padawan of Nomen Kar, Barriss's arch-rival. This Padawan has a unique ability that threatens to destroy everything Darth Barriss has built. The Sith Inquisitor is hunting down artifacts that belong to an ancient Sith Lord named Tulak Horde. Lord Zash, who is the Inquisitor's master, needs these artifacts to perform a mysterious ritual. The Bounty Hunter is on the Great Hunt. She's traveling the galaxy capturing dangerous bounties and taking out her competition. She's also on the lookout for Terrell Blood, a Mandalorian competitor who will stop at nothing to win the Great Hunt. Finally, the Imperial Agent is tracking down the Eagle, a terrorist suspected of assassinating Dark Council member Darth Jadis. Cypher 9 has dismantled much of the Eagle's network, but the terrorist still remains at large. That's the story thus far. Our heroes now head to the fabled desert planet known for its twin sons, Tatooine. Like all of the other planets that I've been through, there is a recommended play order for Tatooine, and it is Sith Warrior, Jedi Consular, Bounty Hunter, Imperial Agent, Jedi Knight, Smuggler, Sith Inquisitor, and Republic Trooper. And just like many of the previous planets, you can pretty much crumple this up and toss it in the can and go in whatever order you like. This order is mainly based on some dialogue that gets into... Tatooine and how unexplored it is. The idea being that as more classes come through, more gets known about this desert world. I don't really buy into it. It's mostly started by a woman that you work with in the Sith Warrior story who is supposed to be an expert guide. Her name is Sharak Breve and she is one of my least favorite characters. We've had options to kill allies for screwing up a lot less than Sharak does. And yet we don't have the option to kill her off. And that's always bothered me a little bit. This is the final conversation that the Sith Warrior has with her before leaving Tatooine. 
This is a great lesson. The only barriers that exist are the ones we create in our minds. I will never again assume that I know all there is to know, and I will explore the entirety of the Tatooine Desert without reservation. You have learned much from this. I hope Lord Barris knows how fortunate he is to have such a fine champion shepherding his cause. I shall never forget you. I'm going to forget I ever met you. Basically, she's incompetent, and we should question everything she says about this planet. The one thing I forgot, and perhaps didn't think about until now, is that the Republic and Empire have the same planetary story. So you need to pick one character out of the eight to do it. Doesn't really matter which one, and both stories are really good. The same thing is true on Alderaan as well. One thing I thought was cool is that on the Republic side, one of the missions has you go to the farm of a former Zerka security guard named Gromic Thurston. Here's a little bit of what he has to say about his time with Zerka. I used to be a security guard for Zerka, but they've been gone for years now. They left me alone, and I've stayed by myself. What exactly were your duties at Zerka? I was... I was a security officer at Zerka's Secret Weapons Division 7. I was so proud. Any idea what Zerka was working on? A scientist's project. It was all secret. Zerka never told us what was in that cave. When it all went wrong, I had to lock up the base, leave the others behind. I left the desert and the horrors and went to Anchorhead. What horrors? What happened to the facility? Something attacked us from inside. I don't remember. On the Imperial side of the story, as you get closer to finding Zerka's base, you stumble across this hollow recording. The droids locked onto an underground power signature. Must be an artifact in the Zerka base. We've also found some kind of recorded message. Any idea who it's coming from? Patching it through now. Is this thing working? Last. Security Officer Gromick here. I'm the last man out. We've been ordered to seal Zerka's Secret Weapons Division 7. The base was compromised. We thought we had the problem contained to the artifact cave, but it didn't last. Okay, sealing the doors now. Anyone who sees this, don't come in. You don't want to. You really don't want to. That, of course, is the younger Gromick Thurston, which I thought was pretty darn cool. And other than that, I don't have much else to say on Tatooine. Play the characters in whatever order you want, and you'll be fine. Well, next up is Alderaan and the end of Chapter 1. And I think once we get into Chapter 2, we'll have to pay a lot more attention to who goes what, where, and when. And final note before I head out of here today, BioWare is sunsetting the Refer a Friend program. I have to admit, I never really took much advantage of it. I was able to get to use it enough to get the mount, the Kurtob Alliance speeder. Not only was it cool looking, but back when there were only three piloting speeds, this mount always traveled at the fastest speed. It was a nice perk for a level one character. Other than that, I never really took advantage of the program. I'm sure there are some folks who made a cartel coin windfall from it who are greatly impacted, but that's not me, and times change, I guess. So, so long, refer a friend program. 
And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour, probably less, listening to episode 111 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SotorPodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SotorPodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions too at SotorPodcast or send me a direct message and be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Until then, remember the Sith Code. Take is alive.